And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes, the show's serious. That's totally a thing. Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? Good day, everybody. How's it going? I ate too much Chinese food today. Have you ever eaten too much Chinese food? Wrong! Trick question. There's no such thing as too much Chinese food because Chinese food is beautiful. Incidentally, today's episode of the Very Serious Writing Show is sponsored by Chinese food, especially that yellow rice. I, I don't actually know what it is about the rice that makes it yellow, and honestly, at this stage, I'm afraid to ask. I tend not to ask very many questions inside of Chinese food restaurants. I find that that's a dangerous pastime and should not be indulged in that setting or in the setting of any restaurant, period, out here in western Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. If you're new to the show, this is the Very Serious Writing Show, and yep, it's going to be like this the whole way through. So if you're scared, you best leave now. We've got in Sarah Morin today. She is the author, first-time author, of Waking Beauty, which is an adaptation of Sleeping Beauty, as you might have garnered, and that's what we're talking about today, adapting old stories. Buckle up your seatbelts. It's about to get serious. You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. I am no man. Hey everybody, how's it going? I have got in studio with me Sarah E. Morin. She is the author of, as, as I've started reading it, possibly the most fabulous adaptation of Sleeping Beauty yet to be created, Waking Beauty. And how are you doing, Sarah? Oh, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, Daniel. <laughs> hey, thanks for being on the show. This, this is great. I started reading your book this afternoon. I was able to get the Amazon preview for it. And, it, oh my gosh, your first sentence. Your first sentence is amazing. Oh, I, why, thank you. <laughs> his princess was dusty. I, have, <laughs> I, I loved it. When I saw the cover, I didn't expect like a comedy-centric version of the sure. story. Sure. Did you go into it wanting to make it a comedy? Yes, but I definitely wanted to just walk that line in between comedy and, well, what I like to call good teenage angst. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> teenage angst is a very popular thing to, to put in books these days. Right, right. And I, I like the drama of that, but if I get too much of that at once, then I just get tired of it. I need that twist. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So I was reading up in an interview with you about how the idea of a Sleeping Beauty going to sleep for a hundred years 
came to being, and it's, I, it seemed appropriate that that idea should come to you in college. <laughs> so, yes, yes, I was very short of sleep in those years. Yeah, 51 credit hours one year. Oh, gosh, how and why? <laughs> well, I was a music major, and so any extra um, band that you took, you had an extra credit hour, and I just wanted to do them all. It was so much fun, but mm-hmm. then, yeah, I only did that for one year. Yeah. 51 credit. How many classes is that? Oh, wow. I, I couldn't even tell you at this point. Uh, but it was it was six different bands. So. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. So what was development like on the project? Sure. Great. Okay. So um, as I mentioned, you know, music major in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to professor into letting me do an independent study on animated musicals, which included Sleeping Beauty. And I was so short of sleep. I remember I was watching Sleeping Beauty. I looked at my roommate and I said, I wish I could just be like Sleeping Beauty, fall asleep for 100 years. And um, then I got thinking about that. And well, would it really be such a good thing to not be able to wake up for 100 years? I mean, the people you knew would be gone. Someone else would be running your kingdom. And also just the effect that those dreams would have on you. It would Mm -hmm. distort your perception of reality. So I wrote um, eight pages of notes on my computer. I was too busy to do anything with them. And in about eight years, I, you know, took them back out and said, oh, okay. By that point, I had become a Christian. I could now see a Christian angle in it. I finally knew what to do with those pages. But you let it sit for eight years. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Were you well, with- didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. What, what were you doing in between that time? Sure. Part of it was um, I started a museum job, which I love. I work with kids, teenagers who volunteer, and I just adore them. So part of it was I found another job I love. I was also working on another project that after I became a Christian, it just did not fit that worldview anymore. You know, I felt like this is not something that honors God. This is not something I can pursue. So Mm -hmm. there were about six months where I'm like, what what do I do? This is my dream, but I can't pursue what I've been pursuing. Mm Mm-hmm. So you pick up the notes after like eight years and you, right. just, you just jump into it? Uh, essentially, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just sort of cleaning out stuff one day on the computer and, oh, yeah, I remember this file. Clicked it open. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's what I could do with this. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Now, are you seat of the pants, Ryder? Are you outlining? What do you do? Uh, oh, right. This is hard to explain, but I think of it like Lincoln Logs. Where if, if you, we you know when you're building Lincoln Logs, mm-hmm. you can't build up like one side of the house at a time. Yeah. You have to, you know, lay this side and then the next side and then the next side. So I'll do a little bit of outlining, a little bit of pantsing, you know, a little bit of character development, a little bit of me talking into a tape recorder. And so it's all those factors. Okay. So do you do, do you do the outlining all at once? Uh, no. Or, so you start writing, then you do more outlining, then you do more writing and you go back and forth like that? Yes. That's cool. I've never heard of anyone doing it that way. Yeah, it works for me. So, <laughs> Okay, so what was it like taking the Sleeping Beauty story and adapting that? Because it's been done so many times. It feels like anyway. Right, right. Um, I kind of think of it like um, when you are, and this is a, a nice spinning wheel analogy, and of course there's spinning wheels in Sleeping Beauty. Um, the kids that I work with at the museum Um, they spin on spinning wheels. And Mm -hmm. so from watching them, I've learned that if you twist the wool too much, then it just becomes this big knot that you can't make anything with. 
if you twist it too little, then it's not strong. And when you pull on it, you are going to drop, you know, whatever's hanging off the bottom, you're gonna drop your audience essentially. So it's become an analogy for me that if you twist the elements of that core story too much, then it's just a big knot that is going to turn your readers off because they can't recognize it, they can't do anything with it. But if you don't change it enough, you don't twist that story, the core story enough, then you drop them, you lose them, you lose their interest because they've heard it before. Yeah. So I try to just walk that balance. How did you apply that kind of idea to Waking Beauty? There were certain elements I went through and I basically looked like, what are the iconic moments in this tale? Mm. Um, one of them, you know, for example, the christening scene. You have, you know, the, the fairy godparents, there's a baby, there's these gifts that are given. Um, you have a party crasher who comes in in the form of the evil fairy. And so, you know, I knew, all right, this is something that is a recognizable, iconic moment I have to have. But within that, what do I need to leave the same, but I have to twist at least a little of it. So, for example, you know, I have fairy godparents, so like some of them are male, for example. Um, mm. Like a, another um, key difference in iconic scene is uh, when she actually pricks her finger on the spindle. In every other version that I've read, she is unaware that there's any danger in that spinning wheel. She's never been warned. The key difference in mine is that she has been warned all along, stay away from spinning wheels, but, but she does it anyway. Mm. And, and one might ask, well, duh, why would she do that? Well, aren't there things in all of our lives that we know we should not do? But for some reason, it's so tempting. Oh, you know, I, it's not really that dangerous. Oh, I can get away with it once. We all do these things. So yes, we can say, you know, if she had only not touched it, there'd be no problem. But I think we all, if we confess, have touched a spinning wheel at some moment in our lives. That's really good. That's a good analogy for that. Yeah. Now, the story, though, it starts, at least uh, the first chapter, unless there's an introduction that I missed, <laughs> it starts with a, with the prince finding her 100 years later. Do you have flashbacks to those moments? Oh, you are correct. It does start basically with um, the kiss of the prince, who I call Arpian, waking her up. So you're right. Um, the, there are... Yeah, kind of flashbacks is references back. They're not full on flashbacks, but okay. yeah, she's remembering what's happened. Mm hmm. And thus far, the characters seem a bit more interesting than the characters I've, I've known from Sleeping Beauty. I mean, I'm really feeling the awkward from the prince, and I'm really, I'm really digging this whole dream concept mm -hmm. out, of, out, out of her. It almost kind of has, it reminded me a little bit of Inception. I know that's, that's a cheap thing to go back and say, but another dream story. But kind of that the idea that she she feels like she's in a dream that just fascinates me. Mm -hmm. I think that's a legit comparison. And, and I have to confess, I have not seen Inception, but <gasps> every agent, every publisher that I've ever pitched to has said it's the same. So, <laughs> well, you got to go watch that movie. Oh, my gosh. Uh, is it good? It is really good. I love it. Okay. okay. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a comedy. Normally, I don't like things that aren't comedies. But in this case, yes. Yeah, I think more of my influence, probably movie-wise, would have come from The Matrix. You know, that was really, mm, you know, yeah. college days when all this was going, percolating in my head. It was The Matrix coming out. And that's, you know, the same concept of what is reality. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great concept. And you say you, you, that you took that from a Christian's pr perspective. Correct. And what was that like? Um, well, kind of challenging the, the notion of 
there is no real, there is no absolute truth. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if you're a Christian, there is an absolute truth. And so the, it basically, the, the story became my debate, which was the debate I was having internally because I work out my, my spiritual questions by writing fantasy. But, um, you know, it was my way of challenging, is there such a thing as absolute truth? Is there a reality beyond just these infinite dreams that she's able to write in her own head? Wow. Okay, yeah. So, so you do work out some of your own moral dilemmas via story while you're writing. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not the only one who does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's the way that some of us, especially in a Christian specfic, it's just the way our brains are, are wired. You know, we're, we're analogous thinkers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's way cool. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We got a little midsection we're going to do here, and we'll be right back after this. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. Today, I'm giving you all my useless plot bunnies. There's no way any of you can benefit from hearing these, but I'm giving them to you anyway. Here we go. Gender Swap Beauty and the Beast Steampunk in Japan. Star Trek set a thousand years in the past when Thomas Jefferson acquires the Louisiana Purchase, okay, the Louisiana Territory, and he has to send his people to go scout it out. He sends Captain Kirk and Spock's an Indian. Muppet Avenger crossover. Please just, just give it to me. I'll pay you. A story that starts out being a knight trying to save a princess from a dragon, except then the dragon eats the knight. And for the rest of the story, it's from the dragon's perspective, and he's just like, wow, that guy was tasty. A story set entirely in the head of a clam. Because, really, what are they thinking? Every bubble is a parallel dimension, and when you pop it, you're actually killing 4.7 billion people. I want a story set entirely inside a box of wheat thins. And I don't understand what my obsession with Wheat Thins is. You know, I've mentioned Wheat Thins like five times on the show thus far. Or it feels like it anyway. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've just mentioned it other places. Like, there was this time... Never mind. Back to the show. 12%?! That's <laughs> a fake laugh. It's real! Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life! And we are back. And during the break, uh, Sarah, you were telling me about this uh, this little handout that you do. You do a conference on how to adapt to literary classics. And you go around. You, yeah. You do this at libraries and stuff? Yeah, I do a 90-minute workshop. It's called Putting a New Spin on Sleeping Beauty. And basically, I ask people, okay, come into this workshop with your favorite fairy tale in mind. Mm -hmm. And I will talk you through how to twist it the way that only you can tell it. Okay. I ought to, I ought to go to one of these. So what are some of the things that you recommend they do to twist stories? Sure. One of the classic ones that's been very successful in recent years is to tell it from another character's point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Particularly the villain. <laughs> that's become a thing. So, like, Wicked is... A it is, yeah. Yeah, Maleficent, the movie, um, Wicked the Musical, yes, um, Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister, all of those are great examples. I haven't heard of that last one. Okay. 
So it's, it's the same author, uh, Gregory Maguire, as the one who did Wicked. Okay, so that's one um, thing to do. Another one is to tell what happened before or after. Um, flipping the gender roles, I've seen a version of Sleeping Beauty, for example, where it's the guy who falls asleep. So okay, um, she has to wake him up. Hmm. So, and another thing is, if anything has always bothered you about a tale, what can you do to fix it? So something that, okay, people think that Sleeping Beauty is my favorite fairy tale. No, <laughs> I think that Sleeping Beauty is so boring. I mean, it oh, puts you. its main character to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's, there was nothing for me to connect to as a kid with a main character who's asleep for most of it. And so I'm like, okay, she's passive. I don't like passive heroines. I like active heroines. So I had to dig in like, okay, why is she so passive? And how can I, by the end, turn her into a very active character? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, combining the genres as a way to twist it up. Uh, I did a piece for um, Splickety. Are you familiar with Splickety the no, flash what, fic? No, what's, what's Splickety? Ooh, ooh, it's great. It's it's a flash fiction magazine. Yeah. And um, so basically they had like a crossover thing. And so I did a, a Wild West version of Snow White. Um, and so I had, you know, like the, the ladies who would come in with axes and, you know, they would, you know, destroy the, the kegs <laughs> in the saloons. I turned that into a version um, of Snow White. So. Okay. That's actually really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So genre bending. Yes. I've yeah. seen that done. Did you see, I haven't watched all of it yet, but they took, was it Macbeth? And they put it in dystopia. I think that was like Royal Shakespeare Company did that. I haven't seen that. I want to see that now. I think I think it's Patrick Stewart even who's playing Macbeth in the. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I have to see it hard. <laughs> yeah, it's the captain. He's Macbeth. I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched it, but that's kind of the impression I got from the promotional material I saw. Anyway, okay, so yeah, so bending the genre that you do in Wild West Snow White. That's that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. A good recommendation that I have for anybody who just wants to study the twisting of fairy tales, mm-hmm. um, Cinder is, is a series, it's the Lunar Chronicles, and it basically, it sets um, Cinderella and Little Red Riding Hood and Snow White and all these different, you know, fairy tales, you know, in a sci-fi setting. And Cinderella's a cyborg. Oh gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> And beautiful. it has different ethnicities in it. And so there's a Chinese version of Cinderella that predates the European one and that sets it back in China. And it's 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 brilliant. That's a great one for people who want to study twisting. That is beautiful. And I want it. Sarah, thanks for being on. I want to talk to you more about fairy tale adaptations as well as your, uh, your, your publishing experiences this coming Monday. But for right now, you have a lovely day and I will catch you then. All right. Thank you. You see, it's eerily, barely, and everywhere only Socially, politically, financially, naturally. The Very Serious Writing Show. Seriously. God help us. Oh, he will, John. He will. And that about wraps it up. Hey, thank you all for joining me today. Sarah will be back this Monday, as I just stated, and there will be lots of good things to do Monday. Specifically, there will be a giveaway of her book, Waking Beauty. So if you want to be entered into that, the instructions for that will be coming this next episode, premiering Monday. Also, if I'm going to do any more uh, celebrity poetry reading segments, I'm going to need some poetry written by y'all. So that same place where I mentioned last episode, 
at thatguywiththehat.com in the Hangout section. I still have that form for your very serious questions, and you can put your poetry in that. So if you want to send me poetry, that, that'd be a good way to do that. And that way I can read it in, like, Michael Caine's voice or Willy Wonka or something like that. Or Batman. I need to do a Batman voice. I can do Batman's voice. I can also do Bane. I'm really good at Bane. This... Okay, so, like, this weekend... Not this weekend. Yesterday. Yeah, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I was in Oklahoma City, and I went to a Hot Topic. And in this Hot Topic, I found a rubber Bane mask, and I bought it from my buddy. And it was beautiful. Yeah, I just went off on that tangent. I also have a Captain America hoodie. I'm going to wear it to the gym every day. Every day, I'll be wearing this. And all the it has a mask built into the hoodie part, and I'm going to wear that bit too. <laughs> because I can, and nothing annoys gym people more than happiness and bright colors. So, that's my plan. Um, yeah, other than that, Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, thatguywithahat.com. See you all there. And I will catch you again Monday. Say hi to Sarah for me. She's got a website and a Facebook and a Twitter. So you can go over there and do that. It's pretty great. I'm tired. But hey, at least my stomach isn't hurting from Chinese food anymore. Now it's just hurting from the tacos I ate afterwards. Yeah. Night, everybody.